Learning Pod, a Gannett-powered podcast on everything education, featuring Sheridan Hendricks, Alyssa Widman-Neese, and Megan Henry from the Columbus Dispatch. Today on The Learning Pod, we're going to talk about technology and equity in schools. I'm Megan Henry, and I cover K-12 education for the Columbus Dispatch. With me are Sheridan Hendricks, who covers higher education, and Alyssa Woodman-Neese, who also covers K-12 education. Capital University announced earlier this year that it has a plan to increase student success rates. iPads for everyone. Project Indigo, Capital's new digital initiative, will provide an iPad to all the university's 2,600 students, staff members, and faculty members. Project Indigo will cost the university roughly $3.5 million dollars funded by donations, investment returns, and federal pandemic aid to universities. Students can buy their iPads from the universities when they graduate for $1. The iPads will be distributed to everyone over several days in July. Professors and student leaders have already received their iPads to get used to the new technology and incorporate them into classrooms and freshman orientation sessions. These iPads will eliminate any divides caused by a lack of access to technology. How is this going to help students succeed? And what have capital students been saying about getting iPads? Yeah, so Project Indigo really came out of a years-long process to address issues facing students, specifically when it came to student success and equity. Jody Fournier, who's the provost at Capital and the vice president of learning there, talked to me all about this project. And he said that Project Indigo was really the final piece of this giant puzzle that Capital's been putting together over the last decade or so. He told me, you know, back in 2009, there was this long-standing philosophy in higher education that if you wanted more successful students at your school, then you needed to go and recruit more successful students. You needed to go somewhere where students were getting poured into and had the access to technology and, you know, quality education, like the, the responsibility of creating successful students did not happen at the higher education level. It happened at K through 12. And, you know, while some of that might ring true in certain situations, it really ignored all of colleges and universities' responsibility to help their students succeed. And as a result of that, Capital saw really, really low retention rates and other indicators of student success. Fournier said that In 2009, the retention rates for first to second year students was just 71%, which he described as just terrible. Like there, it should be much better than that, especially for a a school like Capital. So they did this giant self-study and realized, oh my gosh, there are all of these ways that we can be improving our university and helping our students succeed. So for instance, they merged the offices of student affairs and academic affairs to create like this one-stop shop for students. It stopped suspending students for falling behind in classes and instead created these wraparound services to help get students back on track. And access to technology is kind of the last piece to this puzzle because in 2017, Capital created this new digital ecosystem on their campus where even before the pandemic, students could access pretty much anything that they would need digitally at the university. But they realized, you know, we have this all of these resources online for our students to use, but if students don't have the technology to actually access it, is it really that beneficial to all of our students? So pre-COVID, Capital started, you know, trying to reach out to find donors and investors to have some kind of technology for all of their students. And 
unfortunately, but also fortunately, the pandemic really highlighted just how crucial it is for all students to have access to the same technology on campus. That's not to say that Capital doesn't allow students to access technology, you know, if they don't have their own personal laptops, you know, you can go to the library and use a university computer or, you know, there are some open computers in some dorms. But at the end of the day, Capital realized, like, if you want your students to succeed, not just in the classroom, but also on campus and out in the real world, then there really needs to be um, a level playing field when it comes to the type of technology that students need to access things at their university and their classes and otherwise. So that's kind of how Project Indigo came to be. And so far, the response has been really positive from students, staff, and faculty members. For one reason, this is a lot different than other one-to-one technology initiatives that other schools have. You know, the high school that I went to long after I graduated, they started giving laptops to students and they could buy them back at the end of their four years. Or when I was in college, I got an iPad in one of my classes for a semester and then I had to return it, you know, when the year ended. What's different about Capital, though, is that every student, the day that they walk on campus as a freshman, will receive this iPad for their four years. And like you would mentioned, Megan, they can buy it back at the end. And every staff and faculty member also receives an iPad. So this goes from tenured professors all the way down to groundskeepers and everyone in between. Like everyone gets access to this technology so that everyone on campus is connected in the same way. And students have been really excited about this. I talked to one student. His name's Jonathan Brown. He's a junior. And he was telling me that he came to Capitol and was fortunate enough to already have a a new working laptop. So he wasn't super concerned about, you know, how am I going to get on my classes? How am I going to type up papers? But he has a lot of friends that weren't so lucky. Uh, He said that he's seen his friends carrying around these like giant clunky laptops all over campus that need to be plugged in just to operate. He's seen friends like frantically running around at the last minute to try and find an open university computer the night before an exam. He's even had friends that have typed up like whole research papers on their phones because they didn't have access to laptops or, you know, any other technology like that. So Jonathan was saying that he is so excited not just to receive this iPad for himself, but also for all of the other incoming students because this really does level the playing field. It allows all students to have this access to technology so that everyone can be connected in the same way and have the same access to their classes. He is an orientation leader, so he's helping put together this new on-campus literature called CAP 101. So every student, when they get their iPad, they're also going to have CAP 101. And it's just one more way that students are going to be able to feel connected to one another on campus. That sounds awesome. That sounds like they're setting up their students and faculty for success. Yeah, and the hope is really, Fournier was telling me, the hope is really that, you know, by all of these students having the same access to technology, it will increase not only retention rates, but student satisfaction on campus. It will enhance the feeling of community on campus because you can interact with the same people online in your classes. You know, you don't have to feel left out if you don't have, you know, your own laptop. So, of course, you can't get on this, you know, group me or you can't get on this project page because, oh, sorry, I don't have the same access as everyone else. Fournier was also talking a lot about how this really benefits first-generation students who might not have access to technology. 
Because when you are investing in first-generation college students, you're not just investing in that individual student, but you are also investing in that person's family and really the community that they live in. So by investing in your student now, you're really creating generations of student success, which is pretty amazing when you think about it. Sounds like this will really level the playing field for all students. And where does this name Project Indigo come from? So Project Indigo has two meanings. Um, For one, it's a riff on Capital University's colors, which are purple and white. Um, But if you break it down, it also has a double meaning. So the I-N in Indigo stands for individual. So everyone is getting their own individual device. The DI stands for digital. So iPads are a digital device that we get to use. And the go is a call to action, essentially, that, you know, here, we're giving you this device, go into the world, go into your classes and use it and, you know, do what you want with it. This is this is for you. And universities and school districts giving students technology is a growing trend, like you were touching on, Sheridan, especially in light of COVID-19. And last summer, the city of Columbus gave Columbus City Schools more than $7 million of federal CARES Act fund buy 20,000 Chromebooks to help students as they worked from home. And Alyssa, how did this uh, benefit the students? Well, I think this is very similar to a lot of the things Sheridan already touched on. It was especially important for students when everyone got abruptly sent home in spring of 2020. Depending on where you lived and what school you attended, your situation was very different. I remember distinctly we had a a picture of some elementary kids in the Hilliard School District as schools were preparing to shut down. They all had their iPads and the teachers were showing them what programs they were going to use once they got sent home and they were preparing them. Uh, In Columbus City Schools, it was a very different situation. The district was not one-to-one And it wasn't really clear how the kids were going to be learning from home. And that created a lot of concerns, understandably, about inequities in different districts. And it did take some time, but in the summer, the city stepped up to fill the gap. The district had started to send all of its devices that it had home to families. And quickly, they started to realize that One laptop wasn't going to cut it if you had a family with three, four, five kids. Then they started to realize, well, laptops aren't all you're going to need. You're also going to need Internet. Um, There is a big need in many communities for Internet access. Often when people think about it, they think of it as a a rural issue because there's a, a lack of access in areas that are more remote. But A lack of internet is also a very real thing here, right in Franklin County. So after the laptops started going out, other partners stepped up to help students as well. One of the first for Columbus City Schools was I Know I Can, which is a nonprofit that works with students for college access. And they provided a donation to purchase a thousand hotspots. And since then, the district has been periodically approving more purchases and renewing 
the services for the hotspots they already have. So really, I think over the last year, they were just setting the foundation for programs that are going to continue on now. So I think, Megan, when you ask about how this benefits students, I think there was a lot of focus on what it was going to do right then and there when kids were only learning from home because of COVID and they weren't able to be in buildings. But I think there is a long-term benefit as well because the district is now thinking about how to implement this technology once school does look a little more normal in the upcoming school year. So recently, the district gave a presentation at a school board meeting. Some officials were talking about how they're going to continue offering a completely online learning format called Blend Ed, uh, which I thought was a pretty clever uh, name for it. But uh, this is something that likely wouldn't have been possible if the pandemic hadn't happened. Um, So now if children, for whatever reason, want to be online full-time in the upcoming school year, that is an opportunity that they're going to have. So I think this has really shaken up how we think about K-12 education in a variety of ways. I think it's certainly, as we've discussed, bridging the gap for a lot of people in need who didn't have access to devices or the internet. And then I think it's also just providing some more flexible options for people when it comes to actually receiving their education and learning how to use the devices in the first place. Definitely. So when thinking with schools and technologies in classroom, I was thinking back to my own college career. And I remember kind of like what Sheridan was describing with the students she talked to with some of his friends. When I started college, I had this clunky, heavy, older laptop that I used to lug around Ohio University until I finally caved and bought a new laptop after my freshman year which was expensive, but needed and very helpful. And so thinking back on your own college careers, Sheridan and Alyssa, how could you both have benefited from receiving an iPad from your university like Capital is doing? Well, I distinctly remember my high school graduation party. My only goal was to get enough money to buy myself a laptop for college. I was so geeked out. I wasn't thinking of anything else that I wanted So it it was just like a really big deal to me at the time, which is funny because now it's just such a different world. I mean, many school districts are giving kids that and they don't even have to think about it. But the laptop I bought was it was really clunky and it was big, but it needed to do everything, you know, that I needed for college. I knew I wanted it to last four years. And so I got a big one. And then I remember it was actually during my internship with the dispatch, my junior year of college, going into my senior year. I took the laptop to a school board meeting in an affluent district in the area that I will not name. But I remember a district official sort of made like a snide remark about how big and clunky my laptop was. And I was like super embarrassed that just in a few years it was, you know, kind of outdated. But I guess that's how technology works. But it's funny, like, Because I still remember that. And I was so proud of that thing. But you think about it and it's like, how many kids don't even have one, you know? So I think leveling that playing field in a way, every kid has the same device. You don't have to think about like, you know, you've got the cheap one, you've got the expensive one. Like I'm sure some kids will still have their own devices they use. But I think just setting everyone up in the beginning. and And I think also educating people about how to use it is important too. So you don't just like hand them the device. But I think if you have some training, 
because some people aren't as literate as others when it comes to using technology. I think a combination of that is just really, it can be a life-changing thing for some people. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up your high school graduation party because we were totally in the same boat. I was thinking, oh my gosh, I need a new laptop. Like I, my senior year of high school had unfortunately dropped an entire bowl of hot ramen on my laptop one day and tragic it was really unfortunate so I had a laptop in the in the meantime that I was using but I was like I can't carry this thing around campus it barely fits in my backpack because when I was in high school I wasn't bringing a laptop to school every day I was still taking notes on pen and paper and you know using a laptop and or using a computer in the library when I needed it so The thought of like being mobile with my technology was not something I was thinking about in high school. So going to college, I was like, yeah, I absolutely need a laptop that I can carry around on campus. But the idea of buying a laptop, a brand new laptop for that matter, became like a point of tension in my family because it was like, this is going to be a really expensive new thing that you need right before you're about to go into college and be on your own. So it it kind of became this like, okay, well, how are we going to pay for it? Who's going to pay for it? What are we going to do here? And that's one of the things that Jody Fournier at Capital University was telling me about that, you know, this, if you're going to be receiving this piece of technology going into school, the hope is that it will remove a cost for some families who would have otherwise had to buy new technology for their freshmen going into school. So the idea of affordability is definitely on the forefront of Capital's mind in this initiative too, which I think is um, just really refreshing to hear from folks from universities because, I mean, college is expensive. We talked about this on the podcast before. Like, it's expensive to go to college. It's expensive to Uh, be a student and have to continue to purchase things for your education. So for a school to be handing someone a brand new iPad and be like, here, take this. It's basically yours now. Like that, I find that just so refreshing and really cool. To learn more about Project Indigo and how other schools are bridging the digital divide, you can follow our coverage on Dispatch.com. If you'd like to support more local journalism like this, please consider subscribing to the Columbus Dispatch. Visit Dispatch.com backslash subscribe now to learn more. Thank you for listening.